Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. In October, we're heading towards the quote-unquote, the end of the New Testament. This section of our Bible is sometimes overlooked, but is very important. Two major themes in all these books are faithfulness to Jesus amid persecution for faith and dealing with false teachings. For this week's podcast, we're covering Hebrews and James. Hebrews is about faithfulness to Jesus and the New Covenant, and James focuses on wise living as Jesus' followers. Let's get started with Hebrews. The author of Hebrews is unknown, but it appears that the audience is made up of Jewish Christians, hence the name Hebrews. These believers had one foot in Judaism and the other in Christianity. The whole book is framed in terms of contrasts between the Old and New Covenants, between the promise of the Old Testament people, stories, and institutions on the one hand, and their fulfillment in Christ and the New Covenant on the other hand. There's a tension here. While the Old Testament points and leads us to Jesus, Jesus and the New Covenant he inaugurated are superior to the Old Covenant. Thus we find the word better throughout the letter. Jesus is better than angels, better than Moses, better than the priestly line of Aaron, for example. These Jewish Christians were tempted to return to the seeming security and stability of the Jewish faith because they were being persecuted for their faith in Christ. The author, however, wants them to know and believe that this would be taking a step back to inferior ways of God. God had done and spoken something new in Christ, something climactic. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 2, frames the perspective of the letter. These verses read, Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, to the Jewish people, by the Old Testament authors, that is. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Yes, God had in fact spoken through the prophets, but God's final and climactic revelation and redemption come through Christ. The last days have arrived with the incarnation of Jesus in in the New Testament and will come to their completion when Jesus returns. To return to Judaism would be to ignore God's new work through Christ. The author moves back and forth between theological explanation of the superiority of Jesus and the New Covenant and practical exhortations in response to the superiority. It's important to emphasize that the book does not denigrate Jews or Judaism. Rather, the author's aim is to encourage them to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith, and to encourage faithfulness to Jesus amidst persecution by putting Jesus in the New Covenant in proper perspective. Let's now turn to the book of James. This book can be described as the Proverbs of the New Testament in a way. It is most likely the case that the author is James, the half-brother of Jesus. 
Although James appeared to not have been a disciple of Jesus during his earthly ministry, Jesus would later appear to James after his resurrection. See 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7. James became a disciple of Jesus and an important church leader centered in Jerusalem who had influence near and far. The audience for James seems to be a dispersed group of Jew- Jewish followers of Jesus, those whom James called the 12 tribes in the dispersion. This is likely a reference to Jewish groups that had been dispersed over 500 years earlier in the exiling of the southern kingdom by the Neo-Babylonian Empire, 586 BC and, and beyond. Generations later, these Jews had come to faith in Christ. James writes to them to foster spiritual maturity among these followers of Jesus. The book can best be described as a letter essay focused on the overarching theme of wise living as followers of Jesus. There are some features of a letter at the beginning of the book, but it resembles an essay that revolves around unpacking how Jesus' followers can live wisely in a broken world. It doesn't read like one of Paul's letters where there's a sustained argument over several chapters. Instead, the book cycles through different topics in the way a symphony might return to the same motifs. There are three sets of major themes that cover that are covered throughout the book. First, trials and temptations. The audience seems to have been poor and was facing trials in terms of being persecuted by the rich and powerful, possibly among them. The temptations involved being friends with the world at the expense of friendship with God. The world being the culture, the systems that are against God. Second, poverty and prosperity. The audience was also struggling with poverty and the anger that came from injustices against them. In addition to this, James warned them about the spiritual dangers of putting one's trust and hope in prosperity, in their wealth. Finally, the themes of wisdom and words can be seen throughout the letter. The audience was encouraged to show their wisdom in the use of their words, especially focusing on glorifying God and building up others with what they say. We can see some of these themes, the themes of trials, wisdom, and maturity come together, for example, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 9. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Does not James provide for us guidance to live according to Jesus' wisdom in our world today? As we face trials of many kinds, we can let this wisdom frame our lives and point us to Jesus, our wise teacher and Lord. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, 
please visit us at cpchb.org.